Welcome to the Second Course Podcast, a production of Coppell Bible Fellowship. Every week we discuss our sermon series to expand on what God is teaching us. Grab a chair and join us at the table. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Coppell Bible Fellowship's The Second Course Podcast. And we are here today with a very special, we, we won't say special guest because you should be on here more. That's right. But Brent That's Lamb's right. with yes. us. Woo-hoo! Brent Lamb's here. Barkev's here. Yes. And I'm here. Yes, yes, welcome, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. We're excited today, and, and you guys should enjoy this because, uh, once again, I'm back in the hot seat. But yeah, first, I always enjoy it when you're in the hot you're, seat. You enjoy it when the host is <laughs> in the hot seat because awesome. you have to make it's that transition. Best. That's right. But uh, hopefully uh, you guys are having a good week already. It's Monday. I felt and I feel like this is off to a good start, Barkev. I feel like big things are going to happen this week for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Sooner or later, later, it's got to happen. That's right. Big that's little right. eight pounds. Yeah, that's right. Six ounce. That's right. Big things. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, like we said, uh, we are uh, here today. I'm in the hot seat because we are continuing in our parables series. And uh, yesterday, I uh, I got to do the Good Samaritan, one of the greatest hits. Is uh, yep, yep. I was sitting there thinking, you know, as I was preparing, I was like, "This is just like going to a concert." People are like, "When are you going to get to that one?" That, and, was, that uh, was that was fun. Yeah, that was really but fun. Uh, awesome. I don't know who wants to lead this uh, interrogation. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's what we'll do: we'll have you give us an overview. Okay. And then we'll pepper you. Okay, pepper me. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it was interesting going into this because Good Samaritan being one of you know the most familiar, if not the most familiar, parable. And I, one of the things I pointed out was, even from a cultural standpoint, yep, um, yep. outside of churches, Good Samaritan is associated with someone who is a merciful, giving person. Um, even to the point where you know you always hear of uh, you know, fire stations and police stations and people stopping on the side. These are Samaritans who mm-hmm. are caring for people. And so going into it, uh, part of me was sitting there thinking, okay, we've got everybody's assumption of what this parable what it, is yeah. about. Mm-hmm. And growing up, that was, that was what I was always taught, that the Good Samaritan is about how to love your neighbor, which is in there. It is an example. Right. Um, but you have to go back to what we've said multiple times is the occasion and the context of the telling of this parable. And it begins with a lawyer. It says in Luke 10, starting in 25, it says a lawyer stands to test Jesus. And a lawyer being someone who is familiar with the law, an expert, uh, probably a, a very good interrogator, questioner. Um, and we don't know if it's a hostile uh, test or if it's he's just checking him out saying, you know, this guy's going around teaching. So let's see what he's made of. And he asks the question, what, uh, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And, uh, you know, as I was studying, there's a lot of different, there's almost, I wouldn't say conflict, but there's some opposing views of what sure. this is about. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, some were even strongly to say, you know, you really can't uh, dig deeper than it's just love your neighbor. But as that question is what kicks it off, um, right. I don't think you can ignore that because, it's a great it's a great picture of Jesus as a teacher because he's asked this question, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" And instead of just giving him the answer, and the answer one of us would give was, "Well, you can't do anything. It's believe <laughs> exactly. uh, it's believe in Jesus for everlasting life." But what he does is he says he asks a question back and says, "What does the law tell you?" And I love this. How do you read it? Right, um, which right. is a great statement because that's one we use. And and sitting there, sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, how many times have I heard somebody sit there and say, well, what it says to me, 
Well, no, what does it say? Right. That's the right. statement. What does it say? That's the question. And the lawyer uh, gives a, a textbook perfect answer from the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, that is, that is correct. Go and do this and you will live. And we talked about how, okay, so the next question should be, that's impossible. How do I do that? Right. Instead, uh, being a lawyer, which I made that joke, and one of my close friends was there who is a lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> is negotiating the terms, for lack of a better word. Okay, so tell right. me who my neighbor is. And, and I said, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, for a Jewish person, that would be a very limited scope of your mm-hmm. Jewish fellow countrymen. So he asked that question. And instead of, a, again, instead of a uh, correction to that or a, an explicit expounding upon that answer, Jesus tells a parable. And going into the parable, talking about one we're very familiar with, with a man traveling down the road, I think, and I personally, and I've heard this, and I think others as well, it's important to put yourself in the uh, the viewpoint of the main character, which I believe very strongly is the guy in, in the, the ditch, ditch. Mm-hmm. because you start the story with him. You don't start sure. with a Samaritan walking. You start with this guy who's traveling, and he's going down between Jericho and Jerusalem, which is a dangerous place. He gets jumped by these robbers. They they beat him. They strip him of his clothing, which isn't just a throwaway. In, in, a, in a culture, in an area like that, your clothes, that's an important thing. Deal. That's right. survival. Um, and they take that away from him. And he's laying there destitute and beaten in the ditch, and uh, as we know, he's uh, passed by a priest um, who would and should be one of the ones as a as a person who, again, expert in the law, one who upholds the law, uh, should be there to render uh, help and aid because his profession is one that's built on compassion for the people. But instead, what he does is he places a gap between them. And I think that was something that really stood out is not just passing by, but Passing to the other side of the road is putting distance between yeah, myself I and that, that out really well. Followed immediately, or at least sometime later. And I also did love the fact that it, it's very uh, specific that the priest came upon him unexpectedly. Right. He wasn't he wasn't prepared for it, but at least he had time to make a decision. Right. Um, and he had a couple of options, but he chose the one to go around him. Um, and I often wonder what would have happened if he just turned around and gone the other way. <laughs> because you think about it, here's this guy. If he's, it says he's half dead. So I'm going to assume, may rightfully or maybe mistakenly, that he's half conscious and he can see this, right? Um, and observe someone walk by him and that devastating impact of seeing that. And then he's followed by a Levite who assists the priests um, in the temple. Uh, someone else who is part of that uh, that profession of leading the people in worship. And he passes by as well. And so what we have, what you have in the story is a, a question of who is my neighbor? And Jesus has turned it to, okay, here's what it means to experience neighborly love. Mm-hmm. Um, so put yourself in the position of this destitute man uh, who's half dead. And then now you're going to experience neighborly love. And then we have the Samaritan come in. And the Samaritan being someone that a Jewish person would hold in contempt and there's animosity between. And that was the difficult thing because that animosity goes both ways. Right. Um, with the Samaritans and the Jews. Sure. And I, I didn't want to create a, a, a negative a picture, scenario. a one-way, you know, sure. I want to make sure you understand that there's this, but in the, uh, in the bigger picture, if the Samaritan ultimately is representing Christ's love for us and how he is the only one who can save us, that animosity, that separation, he's the one who's coming to you. That's right. And, and I think that as well is highlighted in the story is that the Samaritan saw him and came to him. Um, and rendered aid and, and you know, talking about uh, the fact that he uses oil and wine, which I would assume is something that is of value 
to Absolutely. this guy who's uh-huh. traveling. He's not just he's not cheaping out on him. <laughs> no, he's giving him the top medical aid that you could give. Yeah, he's sitting him. there going to do you know very. Uh, the very best for him. Now, I intentionally skipped the next part of the story because mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the uh, response that the um, that the lawyer has when Jesus says, which one of these was this man's neighbor? And he said, the one, he doesn't say the Samaritan, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I'm not going to put that on my list. I'm not going to put that on my list, <laughs> but I will say the one who was gracious. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, that's right. Mm-hmm. Go and do the same. Right. Which, again, begs the question, why didn't you ask the next step is right. I can't do that because now I understand that being gracious means to everyone that's regardless right. mm-hmm. of my relationship mm-hmm. with them right. but that still seems impossible. And leaving that I didn't I intentionally skipped because if you come to the point where you understand that uh, this is a picture of the graciousness we've received from Christ in the fact that we cannot save ourselves um, but he comes to us we can believe in him for everlasting life. He loves us and has that compassion on us. The innkeeper is interesting because when you think about that, he puts this guy on his beast, and it says beast in, in New American. I don't know what it's. New American Standard. New American Standard says beast, so I'm not yeah, sure if yeah. it says anywhere else. Takes him to this innkeeper, and instead of just saying, hey, take care of this guy, he stays with him, mm-hmm. which I think is important. He stays with him overnight to take care of him. He pays the innkeeper for the care, and he says, I will be back. Yeah. And anything you spend, I will repay you. And, you know, uh, going through, you know, there were different sources. I was looking at different commentaries. You know, you have everything from this was the view back in the day, but we've since changed that, but it's becoming more popular now. I, I don't think you can get away from this picture that that innkeeper is us. Mm-hmm. And that we have been given the resources as believers to care for those extremely well done in need, yeah. Yeah. and that Christ is returning, and we want to be and, and repay is a hard word because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people, you know, all you're only doing, you don't want people to think I'm only doing this to get something mm-hmm. in return, mm-hmm. but that Jesus recognizes what you have done, sure, and you being faithful and obedient, and it's not ignored, and that, uh, and I've always said this is as you know uh, eternal life is unbelievable and incomprehensible that he would give it to us absolutely and then he says i want to give you more mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i want to give you more <laughs> and then it just that's mind-blowing so mm-hmm. uh that's where, basically where and, and the challenge to be uh you know as we're going out the greatest act of compassion we can do is to share the gospel mm-hmm. and that being compassionate uh, and, and I use the illustration of our, uh, our, our well digging that we're doing for the right, Amazon. Right, right. Our church is unbelievably, I mean, just mind-blowingly gracious. But let's be very clear, that doesn't save you. That's exactly right. That doesn't save you. It's, an, it's just a tremendous action. And even in building the wells, that's, that's a temporal compassion. Mm-hmm. It's just for here and now. Right. It's an opportunity to open the door. To open the door, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And yeah. to think about how many people will be impacted in that. Um, mm-hmm. And talent. You know, you may not be able to go to the Amazon. Right. But this is just as vital as important to open the door to hear the gospel. And right. that's the goal. So that's where we were. Very well done. I thought you're highlighting the fact that we're the guy in the ditch. Yeah. <laughs> so there's two parts that we play. One is... We're the guy in the ditch, mm-hmm. and we're the ones who have to have someone who's going to come and completely take care of our yeah. situation for us, and that's what Jesus did, of course. And secondarily, that now that he's done that, mm-hmm. we're now the innkeeper. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we we have been stewarded an opportunity in his strength and his power to be used of him for his mm-hmm. kingdom purposes. I thought it was extremely well done. Mm-hmm. The uh, highlighting the the question you got a question for me? Well, I have a question for you. You have yeah. a question for me? Well, I have a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> Which works in our time too. Yes, exactly. It does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's the that's the, you know, that was how growing up I was, you know, I don't I'm not a big fan of debating people. Mm-hmm. But the one of the best ways to answer someone is to answer a question back so you know where they're coming from. Yeah. Sure. Well, and, it's a Socratic method. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to we're going to go back and forth mm-hmm. because you have a question and the best way for you to find that answer is for me to ask you the better question. Yeah. So that yeah. we'll get to the to yeah. the real this is meat the of it. Question. We're going to get yeah. to the meat of it. Yeah, in in my experience working with men, mm-hmm. if they have a question mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've you learn to read the question. Right. A lot of times you know they've already got an answer. They just want to see what you're going to do with the question. They're, they're mm-hmm. baiting you, basically. Which I think is what yeah. Jesus was doing. No question. No question. Oh, absolutely. Well, well, it's what the lawyer was doing to the Jesus. The lawyer is baiting yeah, yeah, So yeah, he yeah. turned so it on yeah, him. Yeah. Like, so he's like, what must I do? And I'm thinking, Jesus is down there. Oh, so you're in the do mentality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're the, okay. You what are. you are in is yeah. do-do right now. Yeah, yeah. you are. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the do-do mentality. But I, I just see some sarcasm mm-hmm. in Jesus mm-hmm. to where he's like, Oh, okay. What must I do to inherit the kingdom? Okay, and basically, what he tells him, I'll give you a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he answers. He goes, Yeah. Basically, what you say, if you want to inherit eternal life, you got to keep the law. Yeah. That's right. What you got to. You got to yeah. do it. You want to. You want to earn your way in. Yeah. This is your only option. If, you, if this is about mm-hmm. doing. That's right. And but, his response of, "Who's my neighbor?" This guy's not dumb. Right. This no. lawyer, we could we could easily pass by and go, "He's a, he's a bonehead." Yeah. He's not dumb. He no, gets no. it. Right. Right, and so then you got the the priest. I think I, th- I think why they're in the story is because the priest and the Levite are the guys that should already know what to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they've been equipped to know what to do. Exactly, and they don't. They go on the other side, and then the Samaritan, who are the Jews, and you know they were half Jews, and they were right, you know, right. There was right. racism going yeah, on. Basically. No question, that's yeah, what it was. was. Right, it was racism, and so they're like, yeah, we don't talk. You know, like in John four, the disciples come back. And she and, and what Jesus, are you doing talking to this woman? Why yeah. is he talking to her? She's a Samaritan, you know. <laughs> right. So that gives you all you need to know about that. But when the Samaritan does it, and mm-hmm. and the guy in the ditch was probably a Jew, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And now the that Samaritan's the... reaching out, and it's like, which means probably, you know, mm-hmm. we're Jewish, right? Because we're the guy in the ditch. <laughs> yeah, that's who we are. Yeah. Well, and and one thing that just kept coming up is, you know, knowing the letter of the law. But not understanding the heart of God. Exactly. Right. Um, you, you're not getting it. Yeah. You're seeing the the this prescriptive. Not about information. Go go and read. I desire mercy rather than sacrifice. Exactly. Right. Yes. <laughs> and and you're not understanding that. Well, just the whole idea that he needs to awaken. He he is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt that he's he's trying to find Jesus. Are you for real? So let me know if you're talking about it the way we understand it in our culture. Mm-hmm. And so then Jesus comes back and says, well, you tell me, what does the law say? Yeah. I mean, you're clearly, you're dressed like a lawyer. We, everybody here knows you're a lawyer. Yep. So you tell me, what, what what's it say? What's and he gives him an accurate answer. Mm-hmm. So then 
he, he, as you said, comes back around and says, okay, well, then who's my neighbor? Why would he ask that question? Because he knows if it's wide open, I can't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. But as you pointed out yesterday, if you keep the circle tight, maybe I can make that happen. Yeah. But when, when that question comes up and then Jesus lets him know, okay, yeah, everyone you see in need mm-hmm. is your neighbor. Is your, your neighbor. neighbor. And now, now this lawyer's walking away with, wait a minute, I can't pull that one off. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't do that. I can't exactly. do that. It hit me kind of funny that he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't try to, you know, the uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart. He never questions that. Oh, I got that one. Right, <laughs> it's it, the it. neighbor. Um, and you're right. And I think we can't separate that lesson within there. Mm-hmm. Everybody is your neighbor. But I think that has been, the story's been limited. The parables have been limited to just that instead of understanding, um, like I said, the guy in the ditch and everything we've experienced. But now because we are pulled out of the ditch, this is who we are mm-hmm. and that innkeeper right. and who we are to be. And so I just had a blast with it. You know, it was interesting. We changed it up midweek. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it yeah. was changed the, Great the, job. the order. So Great good. job. And just, you know, sitting there studying, just had so much fun with a story that I know, like I said, you know, it was the second, you know, we were talking about last week, the first flannel graph I remember is <laughs> Rich Man and Lazarus. But this is the second one. Yeah. And I can almost picture exactly what it was. And, you know, you, so again, just digging into that, but it also highlights, uh, you know, somebody came to me yesterday and said, you know, it just, it, it illustrates that you just keep reading the text. And every time you read the text, you're learn. if you honestly are calling upon the spirit to teach me, right. Saying, Lord, uh, reveal to me what I need to know. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn something. Yeah. No question. And and you can't just toss it aside. All scripture. All of it is profitable. Absolutely. So I want to know, do you have a picture of the kitten that you uh, rescued? It's two years old now, apparently. Actually, we have one from the <laughs> from a couple months after that. And Kim they, told me, she goes, you should have used the kitten picture. I've got it. And, oh, uh, man. I, like, I totally forgot you had that picture. Again, just and she did correct me on on some of the, of the details of the story. Um, I don't remember this, but I do remember getting out of the car to go help. She said, "She said, no, actually, what you what you said was, oh, I'm going to have to go save this cat. <laughs> yeah. Not that you weren't going to do it, and but you, it just hit you that yeah. there was no question. Yeah, Here my, we go. My first thought was, and cats are not my neighbor. Yeah, <laughs> but that was something to, that's above and beyond there, buddy. But you know, it was so funny. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm I'm equating it. I'm using an illustration of rescuing a cat. It's like the silliest thing in the world, but I don't like cats. Yeah, I don't either. But you know what? I like seeing something get injured and, you know, lose its life even less. Right. 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 And, uh, you know, I thought, okay, that's the that's the point in this silly l- illustration is, is there's something greater than me just not liking this no. person, and it's losing. Well, it's that, it's it's that picture of, even if it is a cat. Yeah. In the text, it's like, I can help, mm-hmm. or I can just... Go on by. See and just keep walking. That's right. Yep. And and to think the heart of the Samaritan, you know, if I walk by, this guy's not going to make it. Mm. He is yep. not going to make it. And I carry that, you know, and that's that's in the that's in the human side of us and our limited, you know, understanding and knowing that, you know what, Jesus, it's no question. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. go to him. It's yeah. awesome. Great awesome. job. Cool. Great hey, job. Very encouraging. Uh, just really well done. Very insightful. 
and, and so many application points. It's just, it was really well done. Be encouraged. You should really be Thank encouraged. That was good stuff. Good we stuff. Enjoyed it. And you know what? Uh, we're not sure who's preaching this week. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Everybody's on point. Even, yeah. I'm, even I'm ready. Even That's Brent's right. on deck. I think Michael and I are all planning to have some kind of stomach flu. <laughs> there you go. That's a good plan. That's, That's a good, good plan. plan. No, I hate that. So I'm not you'll know. You know how things went. And when I, if you show up Sunday and I go. Oh yeah, I just want to remind you today's worship Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> or or you hand me a guitar. Then it's really bad. We're in bad shape. We're in, we're bad, in shape. bad shape. We're in bad shape. You're that's on. Right. That's, that's right. Well, hey, we are so thankful for you guys continuing to tune in. We hear great feedback and we are we are loving it. And uh, again, we can't say that enough. We say it every week. We just love doing this. Our podcast. numbers, our numbers are up over two thousand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are listening, and uh, you know we'll keep doing it even if you aren't listening. We'll keep very doing encouraging. It. Hope you enjoy it. We certainly enjoy doing it. Yep. So you guys have a great week, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Thank you for joining us for the Second Course Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the discussion. If you'd like more information about Coppell Bible Fellowship, you can check us out at coppellbible.org or email us at info at coppellbible.org. However, the best way to get to know our church is to join us on Sunday at 9 or 1045 a.m. We would love to see you.